Ja, ja man hör det. Welcome to the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. Thought-provoking interviews with interesting guests and commentary on everything. Food, sports, God, gardening, church, politics, music, movies, comedy, you name it, we talk about it. I'm Cody Stopper. And this is Craig Morton. On this podcast, we talk to writers, teachers, activists, and we seek some wisdom, and as always... We are allergic to big words, but not to big ideas. Profound things will be said, but entirely by accident. You know, we already had some profound things that we talked about. Uh, it's over. We didn't record them. It's good idea. Yeah, it's it's gone. It's a it, it, We missed the moment. Now, because now if we try to talk about it again, then it will be on purpose. And Ooh. Yeah, can't, so can't, can't do, do that. that. Can't yeah, have that. So let's Cannot let's just surprise ourselves. <laughs> what a, who knows what's going to happen? Well, you know, that's one of the things I like about this icebreaker thing that happens. These random questions on sesh, so we don't know yeah. what's going to come up. So today's question to begin is: What's the most adventurous trip you've been on? And it Ooh. and it, it begins with me. So okay. I'm trying to think. What I, I really don't take much adventurous some trips, except do they I end mean, up adventurous? And, you know, they were and maybe memorable. Mm, okay. So when we were when I when we were done with seminary and it was time to move back to Arizona, we rented like a 16 foot rider truck kind of thing. And it had a little walkway from the front cab, you know, to the back of the truck, mm-hmm. you know, where the, all the everything was stored, which is kind of handy, you know, so you could. If you're driving and you got to check and see if something's in the back, you don't have to go all the way out and walk around. And I think the most adventuresome thing was that I, um, we had, we had like, you know, all of our household goods thrown in there. Oh no. And I was moving out ahead of Harlan, the kids for some reason. Well, this might've been, I can't remember exactly when this was, but anyway, yeah. So I was in, I, I moved out in the truck and she drove later a couple of days later. But I slept in the truck, and <laughs> I created a little aisle space in in the truck uh, for a futon to be rolled up. And oh, I think funny. the thing that was most adventurous about that is you don't know. Well, maybe you do. How hot it gets in July when you're sleeping at a rest stop <laughs> in a mm. truck with no windows. Mm-hmm. In just and it you bake. Um, it was it was kind of an adventure. So maybe yeah. That's a brief one. So, what about you? Oh uh, well. So, first of all, that reminds me of a episode of the Andy Griffith Show. This fella breaks down; his car breaks down in Mayberry, and of course, it's Mayberry, and it's on a sun. It's on a Sunday. Everything's closed. He can't. You know, the mechanics, the gas station, even the phone line is tied up because it's community phone line, and it's like. These two old ladies, their day to use the phone, so it's tied up for hours. <laughs> and uh, so this guy, he's and he's a go 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 videos from trying to go from like New York to some other busy city, and uh, <clears throat> he, so he ends up having to stay longer than he wants. But Opie, because of him, this guy staying has to give up his bed to him, and Opie's su- super excited because it means they're going to set up a the ironing board between two tables and that's gets to be his bed and he calls it adventure sleeping so that's oh. his, yeah it's adventure right. sleeping. okay my most adventurous trip had to have been we as a big family my the stoffer clan my mom dad all of the me my sister and all of our associated family members plus associated family all right yeah you know our kids our spouses you know yeah. all that and then my mom's sister, so my aunt, and her, all of her spinoff family, we all went on a water adventure where everything was water-related, and it took a big, long loop of trips. So we went hiking to this, it's like the, in Idaho, one of the most pristine, clean, uh, you could drink straight from the mountainside springs that eventually now is bottled and whatever, but not back then. So we hiked up to that, and then we went whitewater rafting on the uh, 
Salmon River. Then we went to Hot Springs in like, Chal you know, Chalice was one one stop. And then I forget what the other water related stuff is, but we went to like three or four more. And uh, so it was all water themed in every spot, you know, we went to and it was a big long loop that got us home. That was cool. That was fun. That's, that's it. Good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, there we one. go. A lot of so, adventure. Moving moving from one adventure to another. Uh-huh. Uh trying to create a smooth segue here. Yes. Uh, not sure what it is, but we're jumping into the next agenda item. So hey. we've been talking about assumptions for a while. Before we got on, you were talking about some interesting assumptions. Yes. So... <clears throat> One of the topic du jours is, uh, is uh, deconstruction and has been for a while. And one thing I notice about a lot of, you know, it kind of uh, this ties together, right? Theological assumptions, deconstruction. We're talking about how we should be, you know, examining our theological assumptions. How do they inform us? How should we let some go? But one thing I notice about people in their deconstruction journey, some people, not all people, is that they are deconstructing less they are less deconstructing than simply i'm just opposed to that idea and they don't actually let go of that idea in fact it's almost as if they need that idea to continue to exist for them to have that thing to oppose themselves against so they don't actually truly deconstruct it they're holding on to that theological assumption you know whatever it might be god is an is an angry god god is uh controlling you know whatever it might be uh, and they hold on to it as rather than just simply completely letting it go. Oh, that's not that's not a, a thing. That's not true. And I'm letting it go. But instead, it's like they cling to it and hold on to it because they've got to be opposed to it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, for instance, uh, no, maybe that's not the best thing. So I don't like coconut macaroons. Yeah. OK. I, like I mean, it just, I just don't like them. Mm -hmm. And so. And so if I, you know, had been raised on them and been fed them and all the time didn't like them, or maybe did enjoy them, all of a sudden developed an allergy and something like, I just, you know, okay. they're not doing a thing for me anymore. They can't, they're not for you. Yes. So if I simply walk away from them and, you know, there's, you know, they're still, they're still in the pantry cupboard or something like that. Have I deconstructed? Or have I just mm. turned away from something and just left it as it is? Mm. So I'm curious. Okay. If 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 God's the macaroon, <laughs> um, yes. to actually deconstruct it, I would have to say there's a there's a greater concept of what a cookie is. Yeah, it's, it's greater than all of this, and it oh. doesn't have to have coconut. That's right. There you go. That's it. May have similar point. elements like. Mm -hmm. flour and butter but <laughs> yes and it got chocolate chips instead of coconut you know something like that mm -hmm. actually right. actually is that deconstruction or is that reconstructing it as a, as that a might chocolate be a, chip a, a different know. thing so. but or i guess a better example would be or a better way to think about it would be this is gosh i don't even know like this is one thing that was handed to me i don't know that it is a either true or entirely true. I want to go, uh, <laughs> I want to let that go because for me, it's not even true anymore. It's not real. I want to okay. instead then turn to what is real and hope to learn it and experience it. I guess, I don't know. Does that? Yeah. So, so the other side of that is like, I think it also has to do with what we've been taught about that thing that we're wanting to want, want to turn away from. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's an interesting time of year to contemplate Santa Claus, right? Ah, yes, here we so, go. So, I mean, so it's it's awesome to deconstruct Santa Claus, but that doesn't mean the Santa Claus myth goes away. That's right. And so, as, as a child may grow up with one idea of Santa Claus, you know, this magical elf down the chimney around the world <laughs> and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yet as an adult, if we play with that myth, even that story, and not believing the particulars or the what's the yes. the fancy word, the facticity. That's right. 
you know, the facticity of all those elements. But we still say, you know, there's something special about creating a one as a parent, a selfless opportunity to give a gift. Yes. And not be rewarded for it by your kid. That's right. There's something about a kid thinking a stranger <laughs> might be a little creepy, <laughs> but yeah, a, a, but a stranger who who has nothing but their best interest in mind there you go. cares about them. That's right. I mean, there's it, a big goodness in the world. Yeah, there's a great yeah, and great yeah, so there might be generosity. different ways to kind of yep to, to play with that and right. deconstruct it, but then reconstruct it. That's right. It's almost like a, using the Santa. It'd be like if somebody learned, okay, well, that's not real. And so then for the rest of their lives, they refuse to participate or, or believe in the bigger truth because of their experience with this narrow, like, and so they're still technically, they're actually still defining their belief by this former thing. It's just a yeah. belief in opposition to that former thing. So, yeah. And so, well, I think deconstruction you know, perhaps, and we tried to, before we got on, we tried to think about what are the philosophical implications <laughs> and where did it come from and what does it mean, all that kind of stuff. And part of it is not necessarily, well, it is part of opposing. I mean, that was that's part of the language of it is to oppose these these um, grand narratives, the meta narratives, uh -huh. and to challenge not so, almost not so much the existence of the thing that the narratives are talking about, but challenge the way the narratives have constructed the thing that's being talked there about. You go. There you go. And so, and so part of that was to de you know, what we were talking about earlier was to deconstruct the binary idea of yeah. good or evil, black and white. Justice still exists. That's right. But maybe it's not the binary of good and evil that we've been thought, you know, that we thought about. Mm. And so there you go. And so there's there's parts that you hold on to, but there's also this part that you let go of. And part of it might be the particulars of the definitions and the categories, the boxes into which we put all these ideas. Yeah. That's one of the reasons that, that we we learned to sing, you know, at church that song by uh Gunger, mm. God is oh, not yeah. a God is not a man, God is not a white man, you know, and it goes through God's, you know. God's not a Republican, you know. God <laughs> loves uh everybody, even I think if there's even a line there's something like even terrorists, you know, whatever. But it's <laughs> it's undoing these previous particularities that we put on the definition of God, but it doesn't say God no longer exists. Oh, that's right. And so I think one or, of the one of the things that, that was disappointing is uh we had somebody who was part of our congregation for a while. It was really on fire for, you know, Anabaptism and the kind of countercultural nature of radical reformation and and nonviolence. And it was just in their nature to be a fundamentalist. That's how they were raised. They're a fundamentalist. Yeah. They resisted that or went against that to become a Anabaptist fundamentalist. And then somewhere along the way, they decided to be an atheist. Mm. And now they're a fundamentalist. Atheist. That's right. And so what didn't change was the fundamentalism. It just took on a different character. Yeah. 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 And so I would say, you know, something like that didn't deconstruct at all. That's right. It's, um, I don't know. So what do you think about is, so is deconstruction a really good thing? Is it a bad thing? Or is it, does it, or is that falling into those binaries? I don't know. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Exactly. I, I don't know that it does. I think it's all about, Right. I mean, cleaning my office right now needs a good, I would call it deconstruction, you know, or decluttering. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, maybe those, maybe those two things go together, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. What, what does, what does belong in this category of thing mm. and what doesn't belong here? So and what belongs right now that maybe won't belong in 10 years yeah. of my life or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So is is there a time for, you know, in our theological understanding, for God to be understood as a particular thing, but then perhaps in another era? No, not. You don't consider that, you know. So perhaps, you know, there's a time to think of God as mother, perhaps time to think of God as father, time to think of God as sibling, time to think of God as present in nature. Um, 
Hmm. Yes. Okay. I like it. I like it. So, so what? What? So the assumption about the assumption about deconstruction the that assumption would be about would be nice to 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 undo or to to rectify. What? 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 What is it? What's? I think that the thing to undo or the assumption would be. <clears throat> The assumption would be that uh, I almost feel like people leave it only to maybe the, the assumption is they're only leaving it to one category instead of making it like generating an openness, you uh -huh. know, like to what could be more or beyond. So like they've removed and that's it. My assumption is I've done the work of deconstructing this thing, and that's it. Instead, I think it ought to leave. And this this is horrible because now I'm telling people what they should and shouldn't do. But I mean, <laughs> I feel like it should leave room for you to then be more just more open to a bigger world of potential and yeah. possibility. Yeah. Well, and part of part of getting around that shoulds the shoulds are hard, you know. Yeah, I know. But part of it is. You know, helping, you know, how do you help somebody discover the purpose of the process in which they're yes. engaged? And yeah, yeah, yeah. and there, we all function with our own shoulds. And some of us <laughs> you know, have them inherited. Yep. And some of them, you know, that we, we kind of create them ourselves, you know, through some kind of process. But, um, you know, a therapist will say, well, why do you find that valuable? You know, why is it that this is something you want to hold on to. And sometimes when you look at why you're holding on to certain practices or, you know, you go, I, I don't like that anymore. I yep. think I need to let go of that. So that's even part of, you know, a deconstructing process. Uh, and you don't even have to say should. You can just ask somebody, hey, why do you do that? <laughs> there you go. That's okay. So I like that. I like that. I like that. Okay. What else we got? So one 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 book that I have not read, not even know what I did to it. It's one after I cleaned up and redid my office, but it was from Josh Porter, um, and uh, used to be in a band called Showbread, kind of a punk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I yeah. think it, it might have been a Tooth and Nail band. Yeah, I think so. Um, but one of you know he he had he had a book called Death to Deconstruction. Ooh. And and I think part of it might have been some of this, where he was challenging. And again, I just read the blurbs at the beginning and the end, and then I lost the book. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think part of it, he was challenging, you know, deconstruction isn't deconstruction. We're just using it as an excuse to toss something aside. Mm. Um, just a thought. Yeah. yeah, no, that is a good thought. <clears throat> I think that might be the other you know go the other way i do think there's a whatever you want to call it there is a time and a process and any i think right like that's just a forest right it has to go through a time oh uh here here in the northwest we have forests that cannot receive themselves unless they burn you know yeah yeah and it's um <laughs> that's sad I know it is, but that's they're built that way. They're made. I mean, they you got uh, they're literally there. These trees will hold on to, to it until the fire releases it. So yeah, they I were, just really they think were adapted to that. Is that a problem of design? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. You can take it up with the designer. I don't know. So. <laughs> Send your complaints, uh, please. To yeah, <laughs> to to the evolutionary process. <laughs> That's right. Or the, or the evolutionary processor. I don't know. Ooh, I read. And we we read a really good book as a book study called. It's actually a, it's actually a novel form, but it's a novel trying to get across a scientific philosophical idea. Yes, uh -huh. both come together, and the, it's called observe or is it observer? Observe, observer. Observe, observer novel. Yes, observer, a novel by huh. Robert Lanza. Now, Robert Lanza is actually the, uh, he's the scientist and actually a medical doctor, but he developed a theory and then he wanted to communicate it. So he got a uh, author 
who writes novels and together they crafted this book so he could get across his his uh um theory so yeah so his theory right. has to do with uh the quantum mechanics and how observers the observer changes things observing things oh, yeah, changes yeah. things yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So that's it's in that vein. Okay. his theories in that vein. Yeah. So but he brings in medical evolutionary processor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Right. Well, that's ultimately so, when I read the book. That's ultimately where I got to is like, doesn't all this kind of point to maybe a grand observer? You know. I don't know. Uh huh. Anyway. I don't know. <laughs> so then you move into a meta narrative that run against you know like a, right. like a grand a grand meta narrative uh-huh. observer. Anyway, so. Keeping up with our agenda, because we're 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 uh, we got we're, we're, we're crunched for time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that we have a perfect segue here. Yes. Uh, to you know sports updates. No. Oh, so this perfect. is this is a great trivia uh, fact factoid that I I learned today. Uh, that the Jets have Uh-oh. the longest streak in Ooh, North this... American professional sports Ooh. of not qualifying for postseason play. Wah, wah, wah. In 13 years. Ooh. And and I thought it was gonna and, be longer than that, honestly. And this is but this is all professional teams, men's, wow. women's, not just football. It's like Shoo. yeah, hockey, soccer, softball, whatever it is. <laughs> wow. And but hey, that's okay. They dropped a you know a few dimes on uh, Aaron Rodgers and they got a good uh, snap out of him. Shoo. Actually, two snaps. Yes, that's right. One, one, one behind center and one in his. <laughs> no, no, I knew you were going to say that. Oh boy, have you Although, have you it, ever have you ever heard an Achilles tendon snap? I, I don't think so. I, but I have not, but I hear that some I've of them that. are an mm-hmm. audible clap. Yep, it's just I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, I've heard people say that. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, that'd be horrible to sit in here. But speaking of Aaron Rodgers, apparently, apparently, he is bucking the medical trend and might actually be available to play at like this week or next week. Your your season is done. Right. Don't do it, man. Why? I mean, now take... I think at this point he wants to just do it to thumb his nose because you know he's anti the medical establishment, you know. Oh, I know. Now. Yeah. So <laughs> and and sure, you know, uh given how the Jets are playing, it doesn't matter. He could go out and you know throw a lousy game just to say he was there and not get <laughs> exactly. hurt. Exactly. That's right. It's like, why would you don't do it, man? See that this is this is where coaches bother me. Because the coach is in charge of who gets on the field. Yeah. And there was a quarterback years ago who could have been something, but I blame the coach for destroying this person's body oh, and their career. Is it Robert Griffin the third? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I yep. mean, that guy was <clears throat> broken to bits. Yes. And and um who was the quarter uh, the, the the coach then? Um his, ran him into his the son's ground. The coach also. Yes, sir. Yeah, just it just kept running him and running. It's like pull him out. You're not doing anybody any justice. And then, then um, yeah, I guess yeah. The, the the employee can always tell the boss, no, I'm not going to go to work. <laughs> that's true. But that's that's Oof. that was that was such a bad coaching call. So no, Absolutely. I think somebody should make sure that they just keep uh, Aaron Rodgers on the bench. Yeah. See, this would to me, this kind of fits into our uh, conversation, right? Uh, Aaron Rodgers wants to deconstruct the medical establishment he's deconstructing his his understanding and wants everyone else to about what is good medical practice and whatever and and he's now willing to risk his his future health to try and disprove it that's him literally living in you are still then so tied to the medical establishment to to the thing you're pushing against. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. it's you're gonna let it ruin yeah. potentially ruin your if he plays. Hopefully he doesn't. You're you're so. still letting the opposition define the terms of your exactly. re- of your actions. Exactly. And so you're you're only reacting. You're not mm-hmm. taking a new action. Yes, that's right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. See yeah. how that see? Huh? That's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the one of the one of the ongoing questions I have with you is hey, have you watched Ted Lasso? Not yet. yet? 
No. All right. I, hey, now's I'm your time to out. jump in because yes, I just started. I I just started watching it the second time. Ooh. And what episode? I are just you on? I just watched episode one. Okay. And, I have seen episode one. Yeah. It, it's and after having watched the whole thing, it's like. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, oh. You know? and so kind of picking up on character development pieces. And it's like, oh, this is going to be good to go through. One of the things that I saw on Facebook today that I was excited about is that Apple TV posted yes. on Facebook. Yes. yes, the the Ted Lasso shortbread recipe. Oh, so even though I'm keto and I can't eat all that sugar. <laughs> I'm going to make some Ted Lasso shortbread and probably oh. sit down and watch some Ted Lasso binge on shortbread myself. Into Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But then nice. the reason I was thinking about that was this third question. This is what I want you to pontificate on. Okay. Why? What, what does sports do theologically, spiritually, whatever, however you want to think about that? Hmm. So a couple of ways to think about that. One, first of all, uh, in my belief system or what I kind of believe is that we're not really, you know, some people think, oh, we're just a, a physical body and a spirit and they're separate. There's like a, a break between the two, a dualism. But I think we're a whole. We're a holistic. This is we are meant to be this way. It's a connection. Mind, body, spirit, all connected. So I don't know about you, Craig, but when I'm in the gym and I'm working out mentally, I feel more cl more clarity. I get more, I'm more enthusiastic. I'm more upbeat. And those are all spiritual things, right? Like my spirit is connected to that. Like I feel more curious about life, more motivated, more all those things. So there's that, right? The spirit body connection. When the body is doing well, the, my spirit seems to also be so, so that, to, and to me that, you know, that's kind of like athletics, which is a part of sport. Yes, sure. But that, that athletic piece is this real opportunity to put all your pieces together into yeah. an experience, into an event. That's right. Um, yeah. So now when yeah. the sports aspect comes into it, <clears throat> now you're doing it in community with people, right? Like even an individual sport, you're still doing it. If you're doing it as a sport, you're doing it in a community, you know, either competing as we, I think you've talked about before, and I like to use now, you're competing with other people, not against, but with other people. So you're developing a community in the setting of the world of sportings, sportings and that community. I love that, the world of sportings, <laughs> sportings, yeah. And so the community like, has a spiritual aspect to it, right? A community yeah. develops its yeah. own spirit too. But it also feeds your spirit to be a part of that community. So, so the other part of that is the communities. You have the community that exists on the field of play. That's right. But you also have the community in the stands. Uh, ooh, good point. Um, Rooting you on, cheering you on. Yes. And I can I can see the spiritual <clears throat> connections you're making there, kind of the holism, and it keeps on yeah. expanding. So it's mm -hmm. like that's right that whole body spirit soul mind thing that we love to separate mm -hmm. the individual is one thing just that's right it's where i'm a whole person uh -huh. and then i get in a community of whole people Ooh. and we run we have a game we we do things together we we problem solve we learn how yep. to negotiate and get along we strive with yep but then that expands even beyond that community to yeah. a larger community that includes perhaps you know parents in the stands that's right or you know whatever the community fans are and even beyond that the community that came before you time-wise right when oh, yeah. i was when i was really into like football man i was like i was learning my history of the football because i wanted you know because my love and passion for it i wanted to learn more about the athletes who came before me you know and right. uh, and I incorporated some of their stuff into what I was trying to do. You know what I mean? Like watching their, not just watching their videos, but then you're just carrying it on, right? You're carrying it on forward to the next people. You're a small and part of a river that's flowing forward too. There was a, there was a George Clooney movie in uh, Leatherheads. Oh yeah, sure. I haven't seen it. But, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, it, 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 it was a throwback to the, maybe the thirties or something like that, you know, and mm -hmm. with the old leather helmets. 
um, <laughs> you know, but it, it was a piece of history. It was kind of like looking right. at it from a different uh, time period. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's there's a number of different baseball movies that go back and look at the, you know, some of the history of baseball. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a Netflix series from uh, Britain that Carla and I watched, which was the origin of uh, soccer. How did it emerge? And it was a it was a dramatic, you know, dramatized kind of history. Sure. But it was it was kind of fun to see. Oh, yeah. These are stories that continue. That's right. And they have a way of carrying on. So I can see like a sociological piece there and I can see kind of a spiritual piece there. Is there, is there a theological piece? What, what, what what becomes the God thing in that? (laughs) The God thing in that, I guess for me again, right. uh, Cause I'm, I'm coming at it from the communal aspect, me Trinitarian, I believe in the commune, the community aspect of God, Mm -hmm. that God is a always giving, always interacting dance some people call it a divine dance right of uh yeah and then from that energy is expelled and creates and love overflows so i would connect that to that you know just the the this ongoing dance this interaction these parts and pieces coming together and creating something bigger even than the sum of the parts right so one of the things it almost made me think, you know, as you're talking about that, because it's like a large. Uh, it's a it's its own ecosystem with all these different uh, participants and moving parts. Mm-hmm. And it almost made me think of, uh, you know, when we think of when I think of pan panentheism. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think of God, you know, being expressed or made known through the natural creation. Right. That's right. Through rocks and hills and clouds oh, and yeah. you know people, of course, and all that kind of stuff. But it's you know, do we can we take a microcosm of human experience and look at look at uh, you know a basketball court with yeah you know high school teams going back and forth and kids screaming and cheering and go, this is a panentheistic environment. Yeah, exactly. There's something of God being expressed in this. Exactly. Yes, I think so. Now, wow. like like what like what we humans can do with that. Uh, divine love energy that's been expelled and expressed, not expelled, exploded and expressed <laughs> into the world. We can take it selfish ways, right? And a basketball game can turn selfish, right? Can turn. I mean, I've I've been in the uh, on the courts when people threw punches at each other and somebody's getting evicted, right. and and the the folks in the stands get belligerent. And out of control. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Back, back, back in the day, um, back when our son was playing basketball in high school, uh, Carla always, uh, she and another mother, they were like, they were like prized, um, well, highly regarded fans by the high school students. So the high school student had their section, you know, like they Ooh, would nice. do with these, and they would have. Carla and this other woman come sit in the front row to kind of like <laughs> lead the cheers. And it was awesome. funny because they were they were they were sitting across the bench from my son, you know. And so he'd be <laughs> sitting on the bench, and my wife would get going, and and you could see people on the bench kind of like elbowing my son. It's like, yeah, that's my mom. Yeah, that's. Yeah. My mom. And one time though, she she was yeah. You know, there was a referee down near the corner of the baseline, and she said something. Something like you say to referees. <laughs> okay. I don't I don't know if it was like, you know, do you need glasses or whatever it was? <laughs> and she almost got like uh, a foul called on her technical for, you know, and for whatever it was she said. Yeah. And jeez. Oh, and that's actually like a little badge of honor, kind of. Sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> but on the, again, and, and what there's if, a given. But on the other hand, it's allowable. like, wait, what did you, what did you say? It's like, <laughs> I don't. To this day, I don't think if she, I don't think she knows what she said. She was swept she, up. She swept up in the moment. Yeah. 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 Yep, but there yep. is this thing that happens in sports where, because the passions are so high, yeah, you can actually move from striving with to striving right. against. Yep. And one of the things I've, I remember, you know, when I was when I was uh, coaching youth baseball was to let them know there's never just two teams out on the field. There's three teams. Mm. There's, there is, of course, the other nine athletes who are there, you know, in the batting order or out in the field. But that there's that other team that is lodged behind the plate. Yeah. 
and you know usually out in the field yeah and they're determining the space for balls and strikes yeah it's not they they are a team also that's right and you are competing with their definitions of what fair play is that's right that's right and so partly you have to learn to work with the the referee that's out there yeah and so if if one is calling every little brush as you go down the key you know a foul well that's one thing but if you learn there's the others where you got to plow somebody down and like break a break a limb before they go. Oh, I think there's a foul there. That might have been maybe a bit much there. Oh, that's yeah, but I mean, so there. So that's the other team that you're striving with. Um, yes. Yeah. Yep. And one final thing. This comes from that I, uh, theologic, the, uh, theologically speaking. Uh, what's the um, chariots of fire? Right about the oh, the runner, yeah. and he says, and he expressed, and I know some people have made fun of the statement or parodied it but he says when i run i feel god's favor or whatever it is like i feel god's yeah. like because he's doing what he his per what he knows he's here for to run to run with joy and and yeah. and, and uh top peak performance and he just feels it like i'm here this is why i'm here right now in this moment and that well that kind thing. of goes back to how you're describing your experience of going to the gym yeah. And the yeah, positive yeah, yeah. things that you go through and those, those mm -hmm. positive experiences. Um, and, and I wonder if we just make God's mercy and joy so complex that we don't think that somehow running or jumping Playing or a great basketball or, game. Yeah. you know, Shoot getting a max, max lift on a deadlift, you know, it's like, <laughs> Hey, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And God yeah. is just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I I wish you to enjoy those those simple things a little more often. Yeah, exactly, because exactly. they're always available. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of that was kind of like a good check in because we talk about sports all the time, but we don't always say why. Let's go you know? on the behind it. What's a what's what's yeah, yeah? Why do we think it's holy? Yes, there you go. Yeah. Nice. All right. All right. All right. Speaking so of cruising along through the yeah, oh, you know, competing with or against, you know, Craig, people could compete with us. Oh yeah, yeah, they could, they could strive with us. Strive with us. There you go. Not compete with. Oh us. yeah, strive with us. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. In what way, how Craig? So how would somebody strive with us? How would they join our team? Would they like, would they join our team, or they be like working? Oh, in opposition to our be, team. Uh, well, I hope they would join our team and work with us. Maybe like oh, okay. the stands in the spectators in the stands that we were talking about, cheering us on, you know, or oh, even joining awesome. us sometimes on the court. Uh, oh, so that would be speak. awesome. Yeah, yeah. In one way join they could us do on that. The court. So how could they join us on the court? Well, so we, Craig and I have a fancy little thing called a Patreon. And it's a it's a website it's a it's a fun giving platform where you can fund causes yeah, it's a giving platform things. yeah it is yeah and uh we're one of those causes on there you can give to us two we're only asking two bucks a month less than a coffee a day what is what is two bucks a month <laughs> equal out to per day what is that like let's see let me let me calculate here that's about that's a little more than a penny is it a penny a penny a day no that'd only be 30 cents here we go. Ready? Oh, yeah, you're right. What am I thinking? Ten, ten cents. Be six. It'd be like almost seven cents a day. There we go. There we go. Almost seven all cents right. a day. <laughs> so wow. all we're asking is like, what would that be? A penny, a Swedish fish candy a day? Wow. Just think, what, if somebody, what if somebody would do that thing where they, you know, have you ever tried to figure out that thing where a penny one day, two pennies the next, four pennies mm. the next? Oh yeah, and over time, yeah. eventually it gets. To... I, I don't think we got a Patreon uh, multiplier, so That'd it's cool. simple: two bucks, just no two multiplying bucks for, per month. Yeah. Start there. You, in fact, just add us. You'll leave it. You can even forget about it because it's so small. Two dollars a month. You won't even notice it, and you'll forget that it's there. And just over ten years, you'll have contributed to us immensely, significantly. <laughs> so, so, so that's one, one way. One, one, we're we're contemplating somehow getting ourselves to an event this spring. Yes. Where we just set up a table, talk to people, do some interviews, maybe uh, you know, shell a shirt or two, shell a, pick sell up a some shirt stories, buttons, so, buttons, stickers, give them away, we, whatever. We'd love your support to help us get there. 
Yes. It only it, it doesn't cost a quarter million. So that's cheaper than the RV that we want for the summer trip. But, you know, <laughs> a couple of bucks. Better. Get us some coffee. Get us. Yeah. Get us to I think it's in near Dun or in Denver, Colorado, the event. So that's where we want to go. That's um, where we want to go. Now, Craig and I did come up with one idea, you know, because you can give a little gift to some patron patron supporters. Last last episode, Craig and I did a uh, a blind ranking. I gave Craig five things and he ranked them without knowing what was going to come next. They were Christmas movies. We okay. thought maybe you patrons could a patron pat, patron no yeah patrons pa- patrons. <laughs> would get an opportunity to give us a category on blind ranking or even pose an icebreaker question because we do icebreaker questions. So those are some rewards you can have. You could be a part of yep. the podcast. So there you go. Yep. That would be great. That'd be awesome. All right. All right. All right. Next item. I don't, I didn't even figure this part change, out of the outline. He didn't, I didn't change, change this from last time. Did I? Yeah, you didn't. Oh, I did. No. I, oh, I, well, you changed well, did, the, the info, but not content. the title. I changed the content. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, so yep. still, still thinking about Christmas Eve and yes. the Christmas season. So Woo. where do you, do you do the 12 days of Christmas or Christmas tide or. No, I always want to, you talk about it and how your family has. I love it. And uh, I would like to incorporate it more 12 days of Christmas, but I mean, as a church, of course we do. We celebrate uh, Christmas and, you know, we do Advent with Advent stuff. Then we do Christmas and a couple Sundays of Christmas, um, you know, do it upright, Christmas music, the, the wise men start arriving, you know, at the nativity, that kind of thing. (laughs) <laughs> the wise men start arriving you know they <laughs> and then they hang out for 12 days that's right that's right, right. <clears throat> that kind of deal so yes yeah. we do yeah we try to follow it as in a count in a liturgical calendar sense so i remember churches i've pastored in the past you know usually whoever's in charge of like the greens or the advent yeah. candles or whatever mm-hmm. soon as soon as like christmas day is done don't take it down they they start they start taking things down. Don't do it. Like, no 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 don't 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 do that. Leave and it and a few years ago, finally, I remember somebody was saying, "Should we leave it up?" Like they knew <laughs> that that was the, but they weren't sure, you know. And yeah. and, uh, and so yeah, it's like yeah, leave it up, leave it up. We got right. we got some time, you know. So let's really be in this Christmas. Yeah. Yes. And it's just it's just this thing that you know trying to get through it so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, um, now Terry, now, Terry, there, my friends. Terry, yeah. <laughs> now, one of the strange things that that's happened in our household. So, one of the things I'd encourage you: okay. enjoy Christmas while your kids are there. Yeah. Now, I I enjoy Advent and Christmas just on my own, probably because I'm an introvert, and there's so many deep themes to contemplate, and you know, great uh, Bible passages just to reminisce, or not reminisce, but to, to What's the word I'm looking for? Just to, you know, well, meditate on him. Yeah. And so I find a lot of value simply in the the, the spirituality of the season. I love it. But um, Carla really loves the activities, you know, and having kids and doing cookies. Yeah. And Well, our kids are all out on their own, right? Uh, yeah. And so we were talking about, because she, she used to put up things in the house and little trinkets and little you know, kind of kitschy things, you know, arts and crafts stuff that, you know, be on the walls. In the last few years, she just hasn't done it. And it's like, well, why, why? We, in fact, we, we didn't have a tree until yesterday. Oh boy. Well, one of the advantages of waiting is they're always on sale. So I That's got a good one at 50% <laughs> off. I love it. But, but she was like, yeah, I really don't feel it, you know, cause yeah. you know, the kids aren't around. <clears throat> it's like, wow. Well, that's kind of sad. That is. Um, but um so i went ahead and got the tree nice. yesterday um i hurriedly threw lights on it <laughs> and i don't know if anything else is going to go on it besides lights um but it's like it just kind of needed to be there and you know i wonder if there's other people who go through that experience where you know their their christmas tradition was so shaped by Ooh. family time that when your kids get older you know what is there is there a vacuum there that's a good point you know and so yeah, think I'm, about that. I'm i'm a couple of miles down the road from you on on on, yes, on, on that experience 
<laughs> it's like word to the wise enjoy it while they're young but also probably just start developing your own things that you're going to keep going with as you know as time goes by i like that so like that. just a thought be aware be aware thank you good deal i like it so um there's some other stuff on there that we're not going to get to but i think there's some amazing things that we're trying to do through advent and christmas in our church on on you know what does it mean what does apocalypse mean because well, there's all the apocalyptic readings oh yes but i want to i want to pick up this stuff from Catherine keller maybe next time yeah. if that's She's okay great. oh yeah let's do it i love Catherine keller yeah, yeah. One of she, my faves. Well, as as a, as a preview just drop a, you know, that she drops a line that the bible doesn't talk about the second coming of jesus basically Whoa. And it's like, what? well, that's provocative. Let's read about this. Yes. So, and I love it. and uh, it's a great conversation piece. I love it. Okay. We'll have to go. Maybe I'll have it read by then. Oh, this is a tough book. <laughs> I know. Have, did you did you read it before? I've read bits and pieces of it as part of an assignment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She her her sentences are extremely well chunky, thick. Yes. Okay. And but she's also very poetic in her presentation. So, oh, yeah. oh yeah. I mean, Rick, so yeah. she reads she 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 reads the book of Revelation using using the words you know um, um, dream reading. Yeah, and and these things that you dream read have metaphors. So they're not metaphors. Mm. They they're metaphors. Uh, so she plays with language and creates new terms, and it's just a blast. I love it. Yeah, she's good. So she's good. All right. So time for our last agenda item. One more. What is it? Oh, it's, the last it's our last. It's our concluding icebreaker. <laughs> Love it. Two of them now. Uh, What's the fanciest former? restaurant you've ever oh, eaten at? Fanciest. I I honestly I'm true blue collar man. I haven't done any super super fancy, but. Well, wait. Um, there's always the fanciest. I mean, if you've yeah, only fanciest. gone to McDonald's, then you know <laughs> five guys. Fanciest. Then okay, five guys we'll is say, the fanciest. Oh, that's funny. So I will say, okay, uh, there's three experiences. One, one is actually here in Clarkston, there's a restaurant called Saute on 6th. And from the outside, it doesn't look all that fancy, but they've, they've really fancied it up and it's a gourmet menu. I mean, it's like a, whatever is the freshest right now that the chef can get type of thing. So it's always a. So the winter, a, it's usually like what pine needles and snow. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, he does bring in um, <laughs> he does bring in some seafood from like he flies it in type of thing yeah. like that. It's caught that morning, he flies it in kind of thing. And uh, so that that one's pretty fancy for around here, and it's delicious, very good. Another experience is actually right on the water in maybe Newport Beach. Um, there's a restaurant. It's not fancy. Mm. Per, uh, other well, there's a downstairs where it's actually they're bringing in. They're literally bringing in the fish. They're doing it down there, putting them on display. You can buy it. So there's like a fish market there. But then up above is the restaurant, and they do make it nice. You know, you don't smell the you know whatever. It's it is very nice and and uh, fancy esque and very pricey, but it's so good the freshest seafood i've ever had you know like they literally i mean we're watching them bring it in you know from the window <laughs> and it's coming in and then they're preparing it kind of a thing so good and i cannot remember the name i'll have to look it up but i remember the name i'll, I'll find it and then in spokane there's a couple of uh you know fancier type restaurants uh, lisa and i went to one for anniversary celebration that was really good now there's one there in spokane that i haven't been to yet it's called the gilded unicorn and, hmm. and it's supposed to be really really good but it's not it's like taking home cooking like we're talking like a raw macaroni and cheese ramen tater tot casserole that kind of stuff but then this chef like reimagines it and it's supposed to be amazing i guess so there you go. I haven't been to it, but oh. I'm planning on it. All right. I'll look up the one in uh, Newport while you're telling me yours. So, fanciest. Hmm. So, fanciest would be, 
I was trying to remember the name of the fancy restaurant at Edgefield. You know, McMinimins in Troutdale. Oh yeah, that's a, oh yeah. Because there's 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 the there's the like family restaurant. I think it's the Black Rabbit. Yeah. But then upstairs, there's one that's like really fancy. And that's the one where I had um, the most expensive wine I've ever had. Mm. Like a $200 bottle of wine. Oh, my gosh. Um, but it was it was bought by you know somebody who was um, who was funding our consulting project. Some some gazillionaire could just, you know, pay for that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, that was nice. But okay. the other one, I um, probably the one of the other really super fancy places when when we're in seminary in Philadelphia, the there's a culinary school in Center City, Philly, and you could go there and get this incredible gourmet meal in a really beautiful restaurant, you know, in the heart of the city. But you basically paid, you know the. The price of the the ingredients, because the students were the chefs. They already paid tuition. You know, all the everything was already paid for basically, and you just get to be their guinea pigs. You know, to see if something tastes. Oh, that's awesome! And it was, you know, I don't remember what we had, but I just remember we had some incredibly good gourmet food. That if we went anyplace else, you know, there's well, there's nowhere as as seminary students we could have paid for it. But you know, it was. it was the best blue collar way mm. to have gourmet food. Uh, Love it. Yeah. I don't think I've, I don't, I'm trying to think of the last fancy place that Carla and I have been to. It's been too long. Too long. I guess okay. we to find someplace. I found it. It's called Local Ocean. Dockside. Oh. Local That sounds Ocean. good. Yeah, that's really good. Really All good. right. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. We're done. That's it. Okay. So are we going to be on next week between um, New Year's and Christmas Day? Or is that a busy week for you? Uh, no, I I might be meeting someone, but no, I don't have anything. Yeah, it should be fine. Let's. So here's here's what I want to figure out for for that week. Tuesday, and I po- I, I posted it on uh, on on Threads, and I put it on Facebook. I would like to see if we can assemble lists of the worst ten best lists. Oh, that's funny. And so, for instance, the one that came to mind is: What are the ten best liverwurst dessert recipes? Oof. That kind of thing. That's an example. Oh, wow. oh my you gosh. Know. But in my, I was kind of envisioning some of those 1950s uh, recipes that have all the the Jello molds and you know, you know, creamed peas mixed with you know marshmallows, that kind of stuff. I don't know. There's got to be some good stuff out there. So um, that'll be good. Want to because because I because that's it's that time of year for all the ten best lists, you know, like right. It's might as well mix it up a bit. There you go. There you go. All right. I like it. Well, we are done for today. And Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Merry Christmas to you. And it'll still be Christmas next week. That's true. Whatever day it is. That's right. Well, it won't be Christmas Day. Be Christmas season. Yep. All right. Happy Merry Christmas. (laughs) Bye. Happy Merry Christmas. And a festivus for the rest of us. All right. Good, you guys.